Hey friends, and welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we are talking to Stephen A. Bennett and Dr. Elaine Schmidt from the Bennett Collection. And Rising Voices 2 from the Bennett Prize is currently being shown in Muskegon at the Muskegon Museum of Art. We are going to talk about all of this stuff today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And as I said, my guests today, Dr. Elaine Schmidt and Stephen A. Bennett from the Bennett Collection. Friends, how are you today? All's well. I, I, to be honest with you, we live down here in Texas. It's, uh, it's usually 105 degrees in San Antonio. It's uh, temperate 85 today. Uh, we've had uh, 15 days of rain over the last three weeks, so uh, we are delighted. Usually it's fairly dry here in the summer. We have Michigan weather, I think it's fair you, to say. You do. Uh, Elaine, we're obviously here to talk about the Bennett Collection, and for people who might not be familiar, can we take a couple steps back and maybe level set on what the collection is and why it's so important? Yes, about 10 years ago, more or less, um, Steve and I were trying to decide what we wanted to put on our walls in our condo in Chicago. And so we kind of started with the blank slate and we went through things like photographs. Steve was a professional photographer before he became a lawyer. Um, check stamps, having them enlarged because they're beautiful and so different things. And so um, Steve especially did a lot of research and he found that there was a niche um, of women, women figured of realist painters, and we both like figurative realism, as well as, as other things, but they were underrepresented, uh, both in collections, museums, shows. Uh, so we started to read the statistics that are widely available about um, the discrepancies between males and females in the, in the fine arts fields. And um, we decided we would focus our collection. It is all paintings done by women, of women. So as we say, we have the occasional meal that is snuck in, but, <laughs> but the main subject of the painting is always a female. How did it arrive in Muskegon? Like why the Muskegon Museum of Art? We have the Bennett Collection, which is about 200 paintings. And then um, as we were collecting, we got to know a lot of the women artists and listen to their struggles and so five years ago, Steve and I decided we would fund an art prize. And that is the Bennett Prize. And that is all paintings done by women. It can be of any male or females. And so um, that is what is the second show that is the result of, of a juried uh, selection is hanging in Muskegon. And the reason it is in Muskegon is I'm from Michigan. I was born in Dearborn and Steve is from the Quad Cities. And so when we were looking for a home museum, we interviewed quite a few museums and the people in Muskegon got our passion, our purpose. Uh, they get gender equity issues and they're trying to build they have a great community-based museum, but they try to expand on that. And that really articulated very well with our hopes and aspirations and goals. And that's how it ended up in Muskegon. 
That's amazing. And so, Stephen, what can people expect to see this exhibit in Muskegon? It's running now through September 5th, and we'll talk about how people can see it online. But in person, what can they expect? Uh, they can expect to see uh, cutting-edge figurative realism being done by women painters uh, at the, the edge of fame, for lack of a better phrase. The criteria for uh, participating in the Bennett Prize exhibition is that an artist can never have sold a painting at retail for $25,000 or more. Uh, and that's, kind of, that's a very rough estimate between very successful practicing artists and those who are still getting their uh, careers uh, established. And so you're gonna get to see what is captivating the minds and hearts of women figurative realist painters today. Elaine, there's also another part of the exhibit, Transfiguration is in Muskegon Museum of Art as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, so the prize that's associated with being the finalist is you get $50,000 over a two year period that is designed to support your practice so that you can spend more time painting. And the result of that is a solo exhibition at the end of the two-year period. And Transfiguration is our first winner, winners, Annika Ingle, who is from Michigan, actually, ironically. Um, it's her show that came out of her two-year period of painting. Yeah, she's at Kendall. She came, she came out of Kendall College of Art and Design and... Uh, uh, is a, na a native of Michigan. She's a faculty member at the University of Tampa now, but her roots are Michigan. Stephen, now that we've seen the Transfiguration winner, what about this year's winner? Well, this year's winner is a, is a uh, high school art teacher from McDonough, Georgia, named Ayana Rost. And Ayana is a delightful person and a wonderful painter. Uh, who uh, takes all of her skills and applies them to these really wonderful uh, figural works with geometric uh, backgrounds. Uh, they're very attractive paintings, uh, which everyone will want to see. And it will be interesting for those who see the show in Muskegon to contrast Ayanna Ayanna Ross's style with that of Annika Ingold, the winner who has mounted the Transfiguration show. And in two years, we will get to see Ayanna's version of Transfiguration, whatever form it takes. This might be a difficult question, but can you maybe put into words the impact you guys have had? Because as you said, if you give somebody $50,000 over two years and they can just work on their pieces, right? That frees them up to be creative in a way that maybe they couldn't without the prize. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, you guys clearly, if you go to the Bennett Collection website, you think very deeply about the impact of art on culture or art moving culture. And I'm wondering if you guys kind of have a, maybe a, a thesis statement on what the last decade has done, what your impact has been. We have hopes. <laughs> we have hopes. We also have some stories. Um, oh, gee, you know, we, you know, our goal. It is a social justice issue, but it is also um, an opportunity for us to highlight a lot of very good work and figurative realism. 
um, had kind of fallen into a period where I talk with my hands and my husband's always saying, don't talk with your hands so much. <laughs> um, that it wasn't as well respected. And, and we feel it is beginning to come back. And so we have been very intentional in trying to support that. And we have curated some shows uh, towards that end. Um, the artists will tell you, um, there are 10 finalists and then the one person gets the winner. But the finalists, part of what we do is we fund a lot of PR over a two year period. So it's in print journalism, social media, um, they've had opportunity to do podcasts. So that all 10 finalists um, have at least well, in the first round have articulated that some have gotten gallery representation, a couple had museum shows that they didn't have because of the good press they got around um, the Bennett Prize. So you just hope all those little things add up, you know, to be something really big for a lot of people. I say that because, Stephen, you did a podcast maybe three months ago at this point talking about that portion or a portion of the Bennett collection now resides in, in space. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, that's a, that's a fun story. The, uh, uh, our good friend, Dr. Samuel Peralta, who is, uh, uh, he's a writer, he's a social theorist, he's a physicist, he's an entrepreneur, he's the the true Renaissance man uh, uh, funded uh, space, and by space in this context, storage, funded storage on uh, one of the commercial projects headed to the moon. And in that commercial project, he uh, went uh, to the trouble of creating uh, one of the storage units that went to the moon to include uh, women figurative painters. And he included both uh, work that we had curated uh, from one of our shows, as well as work that had been in our collection. And uh, we're big fans of uh, Dr. Peralta. If you have a chance, uh, I think uh, uh, his uh, his name will take you to his website, and it'll explain all of his uh, all of his activities involving both artists and space. Um, he's very interested in both figurative realism, women painters. Uh, he's also uh, been a film producer, and he uh, edits a science fiction journal as well. And uh, we encourage people to take a look at what he's doing because we think it's another way of putting the spotlight on uh, modern culture, which he is doing a very good job of. And speaking of modern culture, I wanna read a piece uh, from one of your more recent blogs and kind of get your perspective on, on where you feel it fits today and maybe where it feels going forward. And you wrote towards the end of this blog that was talking about art in the era of COVID, that art cannot exist without creators and appreciators. And today, in the midst of this crisis, both health and faith, each of us must fulfill our role. Above all, we need to up, we need art to uplift us. We need creators to make it, and we need appreciators to cherish it. In this time of COVID, let's pull together and find our way forward through art, through artistic vision, and with the help of artists who see in ways that we cannot. And so I want to ask, A, how you feel about that today. And on the backs of that, this idea that I, I, A, love that you wrote and feel in my soul that 
artists, no matter what medium, tend to see culture first and then everything follows after it. And so I'm wondering what you know what you guys feel about art coming out of COVID and maybe where art is going in a post-COVID culture, at least here in America. You want to take that? <laughs> well, artists hold up a mirror to all of us. They, they, they're the great presenters. And it doesn't matter whether it's poetry or literature or the visual arts or performance. Uh, they always manage to, uh, as you said, see culture first and then show us what's happening almost before we ourselves recognize it. And that's probably the great beauty of artists uh, in our culture. As far as where it's going, uh, I think there is a very robust uh, uh, reemergence of the cultural arts, whether they're visual arts or performing arts or what have you. There's a very robust reemergence of those in the post-COVID world. What was striking to me uh, as a result of COVID, I would have expected that in, a, in a, the midst of a pandemic, there would be a great deal of introspection resulting in a burst of new work. And in fact, what I think happened, and we've had this discussion, a lot of artists had the wind knocked out of them. Um, they were, they turned inward and did a lot of brooding, but not a lot of creating. And it is only now that the pandemic is subsiding, at least in the United States, that that burst of activity is finally coming into view. We did not see it during the depths of the pandemic. Everybody turned inward and spent a lot of time thinking about uh, where they were. And so I think we're gonna see a massive uh, burst is a good word, uh, a, a great deal of new creation that's gonna just now starting to hit uh, in the media and places as the museums open up as sure. theaters and so on. Do you think that as a culture we'll be more appreciative of art having not had it in our lives for a year, 14 months, you know, with concerts going away, museums and theaters closing down, movie theaters opening and closing and opening again and being, you know, at home and essentially our only exposure to art and culture was through a mediated device on a streaming service. Do you think there'll be more appreciation for art in the physical world? We sure hope so. <laughs> uh, really, we sure hope so. And I and I hope one of the things that all of us, including Steve and I, have emerged from the pandemic with is a greater sense of gratitude for all the stuff that we do have, because that stuff evolves. Um, and part of that is, yeah, we hope, and we hope it stays with our society. Um, I think Americans, uh, we have so much. We don't, we have so much, we don't even know how much we have. And so um, gratitude is a really good thing and appreciation. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. what I've experienced from talking to the arts professionals I've talked to is that as the restrictions lift, people are flooding into uh, places where they can access fill in the blank, culture, entertainment, visual arts, mu movies, 
music, concerts, everything is exploding because I think uh, there's a substantial amount of cabin fever, but there's also some withdrawal. People have been without the direct experience. And let's face it, as important as media and streaming is, nothing can replace the experience of seeing a play in person or hearing live music or looking at a painting as it appears on the wall rather than, rather than as it appears some other way. One of the things when we uh, went and saw the, one of the comments that people who had seen some of the uh, Rising Voices show in Muskegon uh, had made, they had seen it first virtually and then went to see it. And the comment was, everything in a streaming uh, service is reduced to the size of a postcard. And so your conception of the work is even, even when you see pictures of it on the wall, you still have this notion of it as a postcard size thing. And then suddenly you walk into this museum and you're confronted by a lot of really monumental work. Absolutely. And, and in this case, a lot of the work in the Bennett Prize show now hanging in Muskegon is very large. It's, it's very impressive in terms of its size. And you can see that show through September 5th. And uh, Elena, as you and I were talking before we started this podcast, you can also get a glimpse virtually for the month of August. You can see this show on the Muskegon Museum of Art YouTube page, right? Correct. That's true. So if if people are excited about what you're doing, and I, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't be because what you guys are doing is important and profound, what's the best place for them to interact with you guys and the Bennett Collection? Well, the first place to go is uh, to the, uh, if you want to know about the prize, it's the BennettPrize.org uh, uh, with the definite article included, T-H-E, the BennettPrize.org. And if you want to know about the Bennett uh, Collection, it's the BennettArtCollection.com. And there is a radio button on the uh, Bennett Art Collection site that you can send us email and we try to respond to everybody. So if uh, someone's interested in dropping us a line or having a dialogue, uh, we always try to uh, follow through and, and follow up with everyone. Elaine, Stephen from the Bennett Collection, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for spending a couple minutes. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Eric. Eric.